Welcome to the Ernie Chan Show. Hey, hey, welcome, welcome once again every Thursday and usually, of course, during the regular period, we do the Ernie Chan Show every single Thursday in the afternoon. Of course, during the MCO period and of course, the CMCO period and of course, today, we are in the RMCO recovery period of the MCO period. I'm sure everyone out there is very excited. And once again, tonight, Thursday night, we are having another fantastic guest. And of course, it's a friend of mine tonight because you will definitely be able to recognize him and perhaps we'll be able to know if you'll be my corporate clients in the training industry. So who is this individual? I think some of you probably can even see his picture over here. But of course, you will be able to see him in person shortly over here. So ladies and gentlemen, Every single Thursday night on the Any Chance Show, I bring in the movers and shakers of the industries in their own fields and industry. And of course, a lot of people think that, hey, Ernie, you know what? Why are you inviting this person on the show, on the Any Chance Show? Why are you giving his, him presents? You know, isn't he a competitor in the business that you're doing? Isn't he in the training business, human capital development? And I'm like, hey, why not? You know, I believe that, you know what? In times like this, it's, it's the best time for us to ensure that we all allow our resources to be shared to help one another and to be able to give presence and attention to one another. Because at the end of the day, we are not fighting and competing one another. We should all come together. If we're going to be fighting, it's fighting the fire together and not fighting for business. We should be going out there, working together, collaborate and make things happen. So if you just join us for the show here today, tonight on the Any Chance Show, Please do tag and share and bring in as many one as you can. Tell everyone on this show tonight, if you want to learn how you can actually do better for your business to bring in more sales, tonight I bring you a sales specialist. And of course, this sales specialist is not a regular sales kind of guy. Why? Because to do sales training or to teach people and consult and advise people on how to close bigger sales, you first and foremost need to be a good salesman. And of course, he's not just a regular salesman because this salesman is from Sales Ninja. Ladies and gentlemen, let's put our hands and welcome my friend and also a person who's been helping a lot of organizations during this MCO, this CMCO, and now of course, RMCO. Ladies and gentlemen, Grandmaster Sales Ninja, Hanzo. Ladies and gentlemen, Hanzo is here with us. Hey, Hanzo. Hi, good evening, fellow business professionals and sales professionals. My name is Hanzo. I am a sales trainer, consultant and coach. Thanks for having me at the, uh, the Great Ernie Chan Show. So happy to have Hanzo here. Every single week, I bring on friends, movers and shakers of industries. And I was also chatting with Hanzo just a couple, I think it was uh, during the MCO period. He was uh, inviting me to his show. And then recently, we always just uh, trying to chat on the Facebook and of course I'm going to say, hey, when am I going to be on the show? Since Joey was on the show <laughs> last week, I say, hey, why not next round, you know? So usually the show is back to back by different individuals and I'll bring all my friends and everyone to let them get as much attention presence on my channels as well. I think that's the whole idea in this environment that we're in. Everybody should not be competing. In sales, I believe we should all be working together. So Hanzo, I know you have helped about 400 over companies during the MCO period. Majority are companies who really, really need help. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, what did you do? What did you do to help these organizations that were in pain? Because I know everyone was complaining about not having business, cannot do business. So what did you do and how did you help these companies and individuals grow their businesses? 
Thanks for the question. Yes, during MCO, we found a lot of businesses are not moving. So they do not know what to do because as you all know, this COVID-19, nobody knows what to do. We all are, have to start from zero. So I came up with this mindset that everybody needs to have, which is the Soshin mindset. Soshin mindset is a term that I learned in my martial art days. It means a beginner's mind. So beginner's mind means you start from zero. You don't start with, I'm a 20-year-old business, I'm a 50-year-old business, I'm a 100-year-old business, I've been selling for 20 years. All these things has to be thrown away. We have to start from zero. Now, why is that important? Because I studied the market. Every crisis, there's always disruptor created. And this disruptor created is not by large company, it's from startup companies. So if you don't have the startup mentality, we established businesses will be disrupted by people having the social mindset. And that's why I came up with, you got to change your mindset and then your model and then your method. The techniques is the last thing that you need to change. But the first thing to change is the mindset. And the first thing is, of course, the social mindset. Start from zero. You know, this social mindset, I mean, it's the first time I'm listening because it comes from this Japanese, I believe yeah, the yeah. culture and the martial arts, right? Yeah, Which yeah. I think is pretty cool. But uh, you know, a lot of people usually, whenever they talk about mindset, mindset, hey, don't stop bullshitting me with all this stupid mindset shit. I'm in deep shit right now. I just need to really be getting some money, some sales in. Do I really have to fix my mindset? I mean, I'm sure you will hear a lot of that during this whole entire period, right? So you see, uh, if you give you cash, but you don't change your mindset of, hey, I need to change my business model. Yesterday, I did a training for one of the largest retailers and we, because it's Zoom, so around the Malaysia, right? So we share with them what is old retail versus new retail. You can flood the company with as much cash as you want, but we are running on an old business model. They are going to be killed. Now, for example, when I went to Japan, my wife bought 100% of all the winter clothings from Taobao. They did not went to re local retail store. We, she bought from Taobao because she can understand Mandarin. I'm banana, so tabule. But she can. And you know what? Uh, in Taobao, you got two kinds of uh, delivery time. Either two weeks or one month. By A is two weeks, by C is one month. So we paid more and it came by plane. In two weeks, everything from China shipped to Malaysia back into my house. In two weeks. And it's still cheaper than the Malaysian retailer. That is new retail. We buy directly from companies from around the world. So if you're still like, oh, I only, I only sell to this market. I'm in Seri Kembangan. So I only in... I only do business here. That is the old mindset. Lah. So we can flood you. We give you all the cash. You pay all the staff salary. Three months down the road, you're still using the old model uh, because the mindset did not change. So the cash will not save businesses. The mindset change, the transformation of the business model. Now you see, Kodak is a very good case study. Everybody also know, but why did they die? They have money, God. They got they can go to the bank and borrow as much as they want. So cash, no problem. They can raise, sell shares. They can do bonds. They can have unlimited cash. But why they still bankrupt? Hertz, US company, recently bankrupt also. Unlimited yep. resources, great talent, skill sets. But why they still die? Because they don't have what I call the social mindset. Beginner's mind. I think the social mindset is great. The beginner's disrupted mind. You know, a startup. Oh, for a lot of very established business. I'm sure being in the training business yourself, myself, we have been in the training business. A lot of training companies are in deep shit also because they just not willing to have this new mindset that they have to start anew. Now, yep. 
is it wrong? Because I saw a lot of comments online saying that, wow, there's a lot of people just moving away from their core. Because I know in the past, we have always talked about specialists. You know, you specialize in what you're good at. But in times like this, where there's no revenue in the areas that you specialize in, should you be moving out of your core and to do anything and everything that potentially can give you new revenue streams? Because at the end of the day, we're going to put food on the table. But then there's the other school of thought. Hey, come on. It's not going to be here forever. You just got to stick with it. Stay with your core. Because why? At the end of the day, people cannot accept Hanzo doing something else. Can you imagine Hanzo uh, going out to be selling durian, for example? I'm sure you see a lot of different people from selling properties, no Unless they've got big muscles. Uh. Unless they've got there big muscles. Go. Then selling durian shirtless uh, can sell very well. Uh. <laughs> That's marketing. <laughs> there you go. So what is your thought on that? Is there anything wrong about having that positioning of that specialization of what you sell? Because you used to represent something else and now you represent something else because you just had to put food on the table. I think, I think you go where the money is, uh, right? You go where the money is. If the money is coming from another... Let's say, for example, you sell to hotels. You supply everything to hotel. You have mega contracts for hotel, but hotel is not a really a fantastic industry to do now. What are you going to do? You're going to rechannel whatever that you have into a different channel, into a different industry, because that's where the money is. You're going to find an industry that's doing well and then sell to that industry. Because if you keep selling to industry that's not doing well, it will bring you down. It's like in a boat, huh? but the boat is sinking and you're like, no, let's, let's paddle harder. Huh? Let's tahan and keep paddling. Huh? But the boat is sinking already. You got to jump boat, man. You got to keep finding a new boat. The boat may not be found quite nearby your area. One, huh? Because it's not easy to find that kind of things. Like for example, I got one manufacturer in the food ingredient, uh, sorry, in the food business. So they are in contract OEM business, large contract. Now, MZO tutop, ma. so all the retailers tutop, all the hotels, Horeca, all tutop. So the business basically disrupted like crazy. So what can this company do? Do small quantity doing B2C. From contract, big OEM to B2C. Still specializing, but just different target market and changing the way the operation works. Still got revenue, smaller, but that's survival, all right? So I, I guess my quick answer is you got to go where the money is. Uh. You can't be like, no, no, no. I only know how to um, uh, do this. So I'm going to die, die, do this. If you're, you are, if you're a mechanic uh, and you keep, you keep fixing cars, but right now all move to hybrid car. Yeah, you move where the money is. Uh. And that requires new skills. That requires, once again, learn from zero. Mindset change first. So if cheap. not, yeah, yeah. So if you're just joining us on the Ernie Chan Show, you're watching the Ernie Chan Show live and I'm here with Hanzo, who is the Grandmaster from Sales Ninja. If you want to learn about sales and how you can actually close sales, you can ask questions over here. And of course, if you want to know how you can do better sales, you got to learn from someone who does sales, not just training sales. Because there are a lot of trainers out there who does sales training, but they've never done sales before. So oh, I, is no. it important to today? I mean, I'm sure you come across a lot of trainers who are training things that they just learned from the books or perhaps never have done what they are training. And that's kind of scary out there. So oh, yeah, what, man. Yeah, what, what do you sell? How did you actually move yourself? Even I mean, you're doing B2B training all this while. You're selling to the corporates. And this MCO, I think, like we were discussing just now early on, you were saying that from a lot of revenue from B2B and you cross over, B2B is not moving business to business. And all of a sudden now you have to do B2C because you just yep. have to put 
food on the table and go to where the money is. So what were the first few things that you did for your business that were able to get you to start moving again with money coming in? I think the first thing during March 18, we lost hundreds of thousands of training contracts, just cancel, 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 postpone. So it's like, oh my God, you know, panic, right? So that was uh, March 18. So it took me five days to recover. It's like, what should I do right now? So I formulated, I said, you know what? I'm going to create new products, you know, and, and come out with new sales strategies. And then the first thing I did, because I do not know whether it works, I got my guys to co-call all the clients that we can find. We basically talk to thousands of people in one week to, and fail as much as possible because I want to know what the market is saying. I want to know what is the feeling. I want to know what's the sentiment. And we keep, just keep calling everybody up. And from there, we actually managed to figure out, ah, that is the need of the customer right now. That is the pain point. I mean, you heard of the classic saying, right? you got to always understand customer needs. Now, how do you understand customer needs when we're not talking to customers? So we didn't like in the boardroom figure out, hey, what's the best product? We actually keep, Selling to customers, hey, we got this product. How about that? How about that? How about that? How about that? And they're like, yes, no, 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 no. So 4,800 knows. So then after that, it's like, we know. I think this is the, the solution that is what the market wants. And boom, March 30th, we close our first sale. And from that day onwards, we keep closing sales. And then uh, on the industry-wise and also the target segment, right? We found a niche that, hey, this segment needs our help, wants to buy our product, and we have the right price point. So because of vigorous testing and measuring, we managed to generate enough revenues to pay all my staff salary, zero salary cut, zero retrenchment, zero deferred uh, payment of their salaries. Everybody in April, May, June, all will get paid uh, handsomely. Lah. So we actually gone through a lot of pain, lah, to be honest. A lot of pain of working from morning until night, working on weekends, working on public holidays in order to survive this. And I'm very proud to say that we as SMEs actually managed to do so. And, and yes, from B2B, big contracts, minimum also five figures, some six figures contracts, you know, to selling a double digit product, three, three digit products. I think uh, the lesson is number one, social mindset. Start from zero. If I were to start this business all over again, what will I do? That's the question I ask myself. And because I ask myself that, I say, you know what? Right now, times like that are sell cheap products sell value products that is very affordable to the market that can solve their problem. And that's what I did. The first program I saw was 99 ringgit. It is so affordable at a, as a top consultant, uh, 99 ringgit. And like, people, is like, hey, people are buying, you know. So from there, of course, we keep increasing uh, because the value increases. So that's what I did. I start from zero. If I'm a startup company, you don't dare to charge expensive. Uh. What you do, you charge cheap. You prove your concept. You show that you got value. You receive customer testimonial. Your thing works on customer's business. Boom. Then it starts going up. Right now, my product is about 888 uh, per pack. So it goes from 99 ringgit all the way now, right now to 8. I used to sell 5,999 ringgit products. Uh, but those are posts uh, before MCO. La. So I think the, the quick sharing with all the early gen audience eh, is you got to throw away the ego. Uh, have great humility, <laughs> even though we are established businesses. I've been doing this for 10 years. It's like, oh, very good, you know. But you cannot if you have this kind of mindset. So ladies and gentlemen, back to my point, change the mindset, then discover the model that works for you. Then only you change the method of selling in this order. You see, a lot of people here may hear you and feel that, you know what, hey, Hanzo, you talk, you can do, and because you've been doing it, 
I have never ever done sales in my entire life, you know, because I have always been doing back-end administration and I've got so much fear in talking to people, picking up the phone call. You know, it's changing this mindset. A lot of consultants, a lot of people like yourself encourage motivators and tell us, you know, you got to be able to change that mindset. How do we really change that mindset of that beginner's mindset or this um, startup mindset, you know, this social mindset? How do you actually, I mean, understanding it and doing it is two different things. What yep. is the process that I actually have to put myself through to actually develop that mindset so that I'm able and daring to change that mindset? I think you must have enough pain, right? If you have enough pain in your life, you're like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Once upon a time, I was... I was broke. I had lost all my money and stuff like that. I was early 20s. I invested a lot of wrong stuff. Right? And I told myself, I, I, I actually, I was you know, hitting the punching bag and then I was sweating and then I, 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 I fell down. And then I told myself, I will never be poor ever again. I came from a poor background. right? Then after that, I go out and then come down again. Very painful one. No. And I told myself, I'll never be poor ever again. So during MCO, I had that same feeling coming back. You know, Bugger, I'm gonna, I just lost a few hundred thousand in one month. What is going to happen to my business? And I told myself this again. I will never be poor ever again. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have that kind of drive, you can forget it. Whether you are a salesperson, very good or not very good. You don't have that fire in you, you can forget about it. Whether it's selling, changing, pushing your products, you just don't have that determination. Why not? So, to me, to me, honestly, because I come from a, a pain-based background, you got to feel that, you know what? If I don't do this, it's worse. But many people are in comfort zone. If I do it, I feel worse. Now I'm okay. So they don't challenge themselves. They stick into their comfort zone. So my quick answer is, you got to feel pain. You pain yourself, right? You got to get up and do something. That's how you can approach people. That's how you can ask for business. That's how you can pick up the phone and call the contacts inside your contact phone. It's like, always I ask people, hey, your contact phone, how many people? 1,000, 2,000. Have you called any of them no, no, during MCO? Why not? Not selling, not hungry. La. Not hungry, cannot sell. Because if you really want to pursue the sale, you got to call every single one of them and ask for something or ask for advice even. Hey, what should I do? Uh? Ask for referral. Hey, do you know anyone? That's where you can succeed. You will never go hungry. Right? So ladies and gentlemen, if you have that fire, you can ignite that driver and you are not going to die. But most people cannot take it because ego, protection of, from fear. Ego is actually a form of fear, fear of being humiliated. So they form this kind of weapon uh, in front of them as a barrier. You know? But to me, if you really want to survive, I think it's more important. I think it's uh, definitely the way of most of us that is uh, able to pivot and change so quickly, so fast because we just want to survive and then sustain and of course thrive. You see, I give my team a lot uh, of uh, KPIs. I always, always give them KPIs because I believe if you don't give people KPIs, they don't move. So every single month, I told my team, if you do not perform, two person will be terminated from the company and you start to see behaviors change. Do you do that? And do you advise people to do that? I do it every day, actually. I monitor, when I start off this MCO thingy, I monitor my team four times per day. I push to the limit. Early morning, 8.30, we check in. Okay. If you're late, I don't pay you for the day. That's pain number one. So you got to have the discipline. You got to hit that first target of the day. You can't fail the first target of the day, man. So number one. Number two, then we do our prospecting, cold calling, follow-up, whatever. Then lunchtime, we check in again, uh, 12.30. What's your progress? Got sale or not? How many have you called? 
show me the report. I'm going to look, what is your call duration? So we monitor that. Now, after lunch, we check in again. Okay, direction, that one short run. Today, afternoon, you have to chase after the number from the morning. Lah. Evening, we check in again, 6.30, 7.30 meeting. You don't hit, you work until 9 p.m. Your working hours extend. You don't hit somewhere, you extend until 11 p.m. Really push to the limit because this is the only way to survive. Now, do I do that in normal time? The answer is no. <laughs> That's a psychotic boss. Uh. But I only do it during MCO period. So we push Gao Gao for much. The behavior of, wow, masaksida, masaksida, masaksida. And that's how we can get hundreds of thousands of sales and cash in March, uh, in, in not March, March tada, in April and in, in May. So that is that is from my perspective. If you don't micromanage right now, uh, you use the old management model of delegate trust and hopefully things work, it's not going to work because in crisis, you got to micromanage, you got to be hands-on. You got to be like, hey, send me the report now. Why are you not doing this? You got to push like that, why you know? Now, once things start working out, people have changed your behavior because last time working from home is quite new behavior, right? People don't know how to behave, so you got to push for it. Once they're used to it, that's where you start to let go. Like, you cannot micromanage all the time. That's, that's just not a right leadership style. But at the beginning, the answer is yes. I think if you all are watching right now, I'm here with Grandmaster Sales Ninja Hanzo. If you've got any questions regarding sales or you're having difficulty selling, please do post your questions over here and I'll ask him direct. There's a lot of good friends over here. Our good friend, bro, that's William and us. Two of his idols are here, is watching and enjoying it. He says, that's right, fastest way to learn is to swim by throwing them into the dream, the, the, the deep. They swim or they drown, you know, they just got to be able to do it. So the reality is, you know, we cannot be just taking things for granted. Just now when you were so direct saying, no, March, we don't have that results, you know, April, May, then we have the results. Yep, A lot yep. of people, I think that they believe that when I start doing something, I expect to see the results tomorrow. Now, no matter how good of a salesman or a professional you are, a lot of people have this misconception. You are good, that's why you're going to get it immediately. They give up too soon, too easily. What's your thought on that? I think you got to know your selling cycle first. Uh. How long does it take for you to normally close one sales? Project sales obviously take three months, six months, even one year. Right? But if you are in a selling cycle, in a standard B2B, maybe it's about two months. Uh, right? For a really long one, where you do cold call, it's outbound, cold leads. Uh. It probably takes about two months to get a sale. So it's a pretty long because in corporate selling, you got to call, there is proposed to some HOD, HOD get proposals, got to discuss with another stakeholder and then maybe write papers to justify the ROI to the bosses, then get approval, finance have to approve budget because it's new and then blah, 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 ding dong, ding dong, one month, two months gone already. So it's a very long sales cycle, okay? So if we understand sales cycles, then the boss won't simply ask for sales like every single day because you know that hey, it takes two months to close one sales based on average sales cycle that you can look in your CRM, just click average sales cycle. It will show you based on the funnel from leads to prospects to proposals to nagel to close. So if you can see that, right, then people will, oh, okay, takes, takes that kind of time. Uh, and therefore, it's a, it's, a, it's a standard. It's not an expectation. You know, if not expectation, boss will always... Assume that it's very easy to do everything until they do it themselves. You know, so it's very difficult because in leadership training, we make the boss do those kind of games. Like, wow, that's a bit difficult. Uh, it looks up, but when you actually go and do it. So I think number one, you gotta have realist, you gotta actually study the selling cycle. Number two, unless your market B2C, B2C is a different thing, okay? B2C, the selling cycle is faster. It can be a few days, it can be on the spot. 
for moving from, from cold to warm to hot. And we close sales the next day also got. So that's B2C because product very cheap. Uh, compared yep. to B2B, hey, it's like 50K, 60K. So it takes a longer time. Maybe that's really the best. Uh, bugger if you work uh, on the phone for four hours already, talk time, you know. That means you've been calling eight hours, which have roughly four hours of talk time. It is really pretty good already, four hours of talk time per day. And that's okay. Lah. You've done everything you can already. So, tada upper reziki next day, right? But let's say, uh, how many more calls you make? Uh? Uh, about 35. Lah. Wow, 35, that was stronger than the guy, lah, right? So, uh, that, that has to be measured. Lah. The numbers has to be really, really measured. Do you feel that a lot of these things that you're talking about is actually inborn into someone's system or is actually the environment that you're in with the right leaders, with the right managers, with the right system in place? Or it's just that some people are just not possible and you just have to give them pain and just remove them from the organization. What's your thought on that? I think number one, culture is important for a sales environment. What kind of sales culture? Some is very toxic one, you know. I eat you, you eat me, you kill me, I kill you. Got some toxic environment. So another type of culture is competitive. Bro, come. I challenge you, man. Why no sales? I got sales already. That is the sales environment that we actually as leaders need to create because cultures like that don't create by itself. Because salesperson like to complain and you know compare and those, those kind of things. So I think leadership is critical to create an environment of healthy sales competition. I love competition. If you are not competitive, you actually are not a very good salesperson. Good salesperson is always very competitive. They try to win in some forms and leaders need to manage them <laughs> or else they'll go cowboy a bit. Lah. They'll go ninja. You know? <laughs> well, another uh, a comment you, you, you said is uh, whether some people memang tabole one. Now, as a trainer, I would love to believe people are trainable. But just think how long. <laughs> you know? So if, if you think they have good attitude, but skills got problem, okay? That's where you need to put more time to train them compared to the other guy who has a bit faster learning style. Tell one time, can do already. This has to tell three times, only can do. This one, push a bit, the guy starts calling 100 guys. This guy has to one day push three times, only can uh, call 100 guys. So the manager can must customize your management style. You can't be one size fit all. No, no, no. My management style like that one. Take it or leave it. You tell, you know. you got to customize. It's like you have two children. This one can learn. This one like play one. You need to use play to teach this one. Read book very pandai. So you ask me to read book and pass exam, I die already. But you ask me to do things and learn, I very king chow. So different learning style. If you read the seven intelligence books, some better in this, but then that, right? So managing people exactly the same. Do not impose one management or leadership style on them. Customize to their needs. Look at their pain point. Look at their motivation. This one, family. The son is the trigger point. This one, the mom is the trigger point. So it's different motivation already, right? Because different upbringing, everything. So we need to, we need to tailor make, just like our solution, tailor make to the team as well and fire them up according to uh, the principles of motivating others. How did you manage to help some of the companies in what ways to increase their sales within this MCO and also post-MCO. Because I'm sure a lot of the news you have heard are that the bad, the worst times are not here yet because the moratorium is here. A lot of businesses, I'm sure you saw they've already kind of shut down their businesses even before the MCO, uh, this RMCO reopened. And I'm sure a lot are just trying to survive right now. 
And a lot of big organizations uh, from Air Asia to the airlines, a lot of big companies are just retrenching and just giving up on people. So I'm sure when the moratorium is up and done by October, it's going to be even more painful when people start having to pay for bills, cars, houses, offices, commercial lots. What do you think they really, really need to do right now, which is now in June? We still have June, July, August, September. We have four months before shit really hits the fan. What do companies really need to do in these four months, not just to survive, but really, really sustain and thrive? Just sell anything. I've given some advice to some customers that are selling premium goods. Tie up with, with other clients that are selling promo products, which, is, which means affordable, cheap, and stuff like that. And temporarily sell that first. You've got to sell whatever that actually can, can get sales, right? There's some side, it's like, oh no, I'm not going to change my business model for that. Then you better have a lot of cash uh, to sustain this because if your cash flow is not healthy and you need sales, right? Basically, you got to sell anything and everything that you can find. Two, number one, of course, the same group of customers that you have. I got one, one coaching client. He's in premium gift. So premium gift is basically a dead business for a while because nobody's going to, you know, suddenly give, uh, create new marketing things and give things away. So what did he do? He says, a hey, mask, mask PPE is uh, something can sell. So from totally, no, never touched before. He go back to his same MNC clients and says, you know what? We're going to supply you because got good relationship. So they support him. And because of that, he got sales to come to sustain his business. If he continue to do corporate give, uh, marketing product, uh, his business is going to chop up very fast. Uh, but because he changed and go where the money is, PPE, boom, let's go. To supply to the same group of customers. And he can sustain for a few months. So I think that is how uh, companies can actually change. Not every company can change that fast because some is um, in services. So it's like, I can't just, you know, just do something different because it's skill set. Or something like, I'm an engineering uh, consulting firm. What else do you want me to do? So it's, it's a tough call for the business owners to change. I know there's some uh, real estate agents watching over here right now, and I'm sure they all are excited because the government just has some new policies for the home campaign ownership. And a lot of real estate on property developers are suffering. And I know you do a lot of work with them. Um, really, what can they do? Because I've spoken to a lot of property gurus, speakers, lawyers, even law firms are kind of like trimming down their workforce. What can they really do? Because even though with the policies given up by the government just last week itself by the Prime Minister, encouraging people to buy and yet the confidence is not there. What can real estate developers, what can real estate agents do to really, really be increasing their sales at this current moment? That is a total transformation leader. I mean, real estate is a mercy of the bank kind of industry. So the banks, you can have a lot of submissions, but um, conversion can be the problem, right? But that doesn't mean that real estate agents can stop selling or property developer people can stop selling. Uh, bookings is still very important. I have clients that have hundreds of bookings during MCO. So they, how do companies actually change? Now, i give you one very um, uh, good example. How many agents are already doing webinars? If you are agent, whether it's a sub-sale project, it doesn't really matter. Whether it's residential, high-rent, also doesn't matter. Webinar is like a new seminar. It is, you can put 50 people, 100 people in the room, or even 20 people in the room. You're still presenting to 20 people instead of one people. Or you're building brand. You're generating revenue. But how many actually click the button and get in front of the camera and have low fear or less fear? 
You ask a thousand agents, I can tell you maybe 20, 30 lah, that's actively doing it. Not to say they don't know, you know, but they don't want. They say, no lah, you know, I, I want to advertise, you know, like let's say you're sub-sale. What's the classic lead gen? Advertise, people respond, show, close, follow up. Developer, if let's say you're property developer stuff, what do you do? Marketing channel leads through AdWords or through Facebook or through um, weekend event. Some developer no weekend event, the salesperson don't know how to sell it because, hey, this weekend got no show, no Mickey Mouse, cannot sell. So they, they don't, you know, innovate one. They are just sitting there waiting for leads, call, invite, go through gallery, sell. This funnel is already dead. I got 40 different property developers and real estate agencies. If they are doing this, I really like very concerned, you know. So that's why I install new funnels for them so that they do webinars. And those that follow, just like one of my customers, got hundreds of bookings during MCO. Because they channel them to a webinar, then they're interested, then you do your, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's Zoom or WebEx or whatever, then you do your one-on-one, -on -one, then continue, 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 very, very interested. Then only you bring them to your gallery. Then you have tons of qualified leads flooding your gallery versus try to pursue every guy to come to your gallery, which no show rate is very high, and then come also maybe not very qualified. And that's why most people like to wait for walk-ins. Oh, this one 50% can show, which is also true, right? Based on the statistic. But right now, walk-in is at all-time low. Right? It's not like your top glove. <laughs> all-time high, you know, bargain. You make a lot of money. Yeah. So, so, so for, for, for normal products, right? Uh, like properties, right? What can they do? Number one, never stop prospecting, okay? If you stop prospecting, you're already dead meat already. So you can never stop prospecting. You can also never stop marketing. Your ROI may have less return. Your cost per lead may jump double or triple. But nonetheless, when you build the relationship with the customer, you can have future sales also. But if you stop those days already, uh, and then you will dry off your funnel. Uh. In sales, you got to have full of funnel from leads to prospects. Okay, so my advice is don't stop marketing. Don't stop prospecting. My case also, every day I pump one video out. Marketing. No choice or brother, I have to, have to push my name out, you know. So never stop marketing, okay? And never stop prospecting. Now, last week, uh, so I spoke to uh, Dr. Joey Yap. I'm sure you also know him. Yeah. And uh, I asked him, what are the three things that the business owners must do now? And the first thing he said is, you better be going on digital. You better be online. Because why? You really don't know when the next wave is going to be coming hard and hitting us hard. What are you doing from a business perspective for your business and what should these business owners out there be doing? Do you agree that all businesses better be moving their businesses online? And how will you be moving your business online as well? First question is, should all businesses be online? Answer is yes. Because we all use data. That means online, which means you can sell to anyone that you want. Now, that, I got one cement manufacturer. Hanzo, I don't use Facebook to sell. It's B2C. I B2B. I sell project. I sell dealer. You know, I said, you sell to project. Okay, boss. You see, uh, project is you sell to consultant or, or uh, contractors, correct? They are Facebook. They are on Facebook or not? That is true. Yes, one. Because a Malaysian love Facebook. You can reach them, one, you know. Just have to have the right digital strategy. He said, oh, yeah, also. I said, you sell to hardware store, correct? Those Tauke is Mandarin speaking, which you need to go Mandarin market. Yep. It's on Facebook or not? The answer is also yes. So you can reach there, why not? So Facebook is not a B2B game. 
just like LinkedIn is not a B2B game. It is a human game. You can sell anything that you want as long as you use the right method. Okay, so yes, the answer is yes. If you're not doing SEO, you're already backdated 10 years already, okay? If you can, you're not doing AdWords, also uh, very old school already. If you are not doing uh, Facebook ads, you're like, oh no, we just do post, post, post every day, which actually is better than nothing. Lah. But it's not going to work lah, huh? because Facebook is a pay-to-play game. you got to advertise one, you know. Even though you put 50 bucks per day for 30 days, also you need to do. You need to get things to your to your lookalike audience every single day. And, and that is every business. Just every business need to be online. Doesn't matter you are a kick shop. Doesn't matter you are a oil and gas pump valve company. You got to be online. Okay. So number one. Number two, what did I do in my business to go online? Uh, now, the good thing is my one is consultancy coaching training. It's easiest to switch online compared to a product-based company. But what I do is I created a new product and we sold it 100% through online. We also deliver 100% through online. It's like a one, two hours program, which we normally don't sell in normal life because it doesn't, it's not viable to the client, right? For example, yesterday I did like uh, to this company with 1,000 over stuff one, okay? So if normal days, uh, you have to bring people from Penang, East Malaysia, everything, logistic cost, hotel cost. So they normally put that into a two days program one. But right now, no need. Two hours only. Every week, two hours. So learn already, apply, learn already, apply. Actually, it's way more effective compared to flooding them with two days of content. So this is the new change in training world that uh, we I'm taking advantage of. So I'm already doing that uh, right now and clients love it because we can monitor them as well. Okay, action plan. Then every day, send you email. Oh, no, go and do, go and do, go and do, go and do, go and do. Next week, come back again and you see us again. Now. What have you done? So there's coaching uh, involvement and clients love it because we hold them accountable. If two days you finish ready, uh, after that, hey, see you next month. But there's 20 over days of don't know what's happening, you know. But now, no, now it's only one week which allows people to, to apply. Need to ask you this question. Uh, you know, a lot of training companies, yourself, uh, myself in the past, you know, I have not done training for a very long time. Usually I do now, it's consumer market. Corporates, I'm sure you make good money and a lot of corporate trainers make good money and it's 5,000, 10,000 per day, 20,000 for large crowd. I make that kind of money too. But the reality is that, you know, when you start looking at what you just explained, every single day is two hours, definitely more effective and more value to the clients. But from a business perspective, it's a whole lot more work and a lot of trainers are still wondering how are they going to be able to make it with this two hours per day and five days locking down the five days. It's going to be a lot of work. So do they all have to go back to the Sochin mindset that, hey, you know what? My whole freaking training business is out the door. We just have to accept this and find a new model for it. it actually, number one, two hours per client. You can do five clients per day. I have done eight clients per day. So kind of level. Uh. So if you just see, but somebody is one hour. Okay? So for example, let's say you take five clients a day. At one hour, uh, one, one hour. You're doing five hours of work times five. So your plus minus actually is almost our per day rate of our normal corporate training one. Just that you have to, wow, different client, different requirement kind of level. Lah. So but what to do, crisis requires more work, more value add, lah, right? Customize a bit, you know, tweak here and there. And, and, and if a trainer thinks like, wow, I got more work, but less pay, lah, just think that you get paid lah, right? better than zero pay. 
So I will think like that. So for me also, I used to get five figures per day, now double it. <laughs> so we, we actually accumulate these small, small things per day. I still have not gotten my previous fees, but quite close, quite close uh, for June. Okay, May to April, of course, no. Lah. So it, it, it picks up. If the people have, and I started because I got this kind of fee because I started way back in March 23rd, start selling, you know. If those guys start selling now, then you might have some catch up to do and you have to fit into regulation. But I did not play a role according to the rules because in April and May, there's no rules. So I, I can play any rules that I want. Now, now you're going to play according to the government rules, which is a bit uh, uh, restricting now to, to business owners. I think what I noticed is that uh, you work very hard. A lot of people don't work as hard. A lot of people just take a lot of things for granted and just wait and see kind of attitude. So in what ways is this something of a habit that you have in your life? Because I, I'm a workaholic. You know, people say that. I can I see that. <laughs> I salute you. I, but I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy every single thing that I build because I started three new businesses during MCO, which are all product e-commerce based. So uh. a, lot of, a lot of times is is very much about you yourself as a person or is it that a lot of people just don't understand that they feel that things are going to get back to normal and they're just waiting for that to happen in your opinion will we ever get back to normal what is normal to you you will get back to the new normal not the old uh, normal example if my clients right now is enjoying a two hours training without flying people from Penang to attend, they are going to continue to do this. They're not going to fly me to Penang. They're not going to fly me to East Malaysia or Johor. They're going to get everyone locked in at 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and do a program. So that's the new normal. If the guy is like, no, 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 you want to do two days program and stuff, uh, that guy is not going to sell. Uh, because the guy says, hey, I used to, I, I, I do this training uh, one hour only, you know, why you cannot? Because the guy doesn't know how to use computers. Uh. <laughs> if the guy is, honestly is tech savvy, I see some so-called younger trainer, they're already doing this uh, because they are younger, they are quite e easy to buy gadgets, you know, put all this kind of stuff. I think it's the skill sets of the seasoned veteran people. I mean, if you don't know how to do it, there's someone who knows how to do it. One, uh. It's just hiring, outsourcing, and you can actually make the change one. Right? rather than sticking to the old way. So I think, number one, you will, you will get normal, but it's a new normal, which you are not quite used to. That's also it's like going to a supermarket and get a gun point on your head every single day. Before you go into a mall, the guy will... Like you touch scan, you got no mask, you get kicked out of the mall, right? It's a new normal, ladies and gentlemen, except the fact. <laughs> There's also a lot of these people who say, you know, these guys are all doing live shows. Right? There's so much content live. You have to fight for the eyeballs, the attention of the people. And seriously, you know, not everyone thinks that everyone can be having like thousands of people watching them together live. And some people, you know, they sell fish live. I also sell fish, but I have Wang a Wang You want to follow Wang Lei? Wang Lei ah. No, some <laughs> people, they want to do that, is it? And they think that's the approach that they do. But I don't. I do not put myself out there to sell fish live because that's not my model. So that's the business model that a lot of people think that they just have to imitate like Yuman selfish in Malaysia, then Wang Lei selfish in, and he his story is also just like, you know, he have no income. So he met a fisherman and he said, why don't you just sell the fish? And he started selling. So it's a lot of, uh, by the way, all of a sudden it happened and then they just take it on from there. 
Now, is that by chance or can you actually put a model in place for someone to go online to do a show? Like myself, I can have this Ernie Chen show. It was an offline show, easily brought back onto online as well. Even if it was offline, we were going on offline to online. So there are a lot of people who say they cannot really move their content or their business online, right? So what do you say to these people? I think it's not cannot, it's don't want. It's a different thing. It's impossible that you cannot move online. One. It's don't want to move online, sticking to the old, I'm Kodak, I'm in the film business. This is my success story. This is my legacy. This brought me to where I am today. I'm going to stick to it. Rather than, oh my God, this digital thing, I think it's going to take off because that I haven't taken off. Huh? So you see, like Kodak, these kind of guys, they are the ones should, should, should be the one inventing Instagram and things. Right? Because if you think what... Ask yourself, what business are you in? If they ask, if they think, if they answer this, like, we are in a happy business, memory business, rather than we are in the flame business, then they will have gone through digital because they say this is the channel of distribution, and we're gonna do that. Then a hey, online, we're gonna go there, right? Or buying company because they are so big, they can start buying all these startup companies, right? And just how Google buy YouTube and stuff because they see themselves, we are content company. We're gonna buy anything with content. So I think you gotta you gotta know what business you're in and what business you want to be in, and and therefore uh go where the money is uh. So it's not, and then copying the the model uh, I think I I've, I've seen in Wang Li guy right. Wow, amazing uh, the way he do. <laughs> sixty over thousand people. 60 now over why and how did he manage to do so? He has been doing comedy. He has been doing comedy for the last twenty years or so. He take that skill sets and deliver it. Now, I'm not a comedian. I'm not very funny. I got humor. Lah. But he is, you know, doing, you know, jato bottle on the head because he is an entertainer. So that skill set for the last 20 years. So he's not overnight success just because he clicked one button. Many people see. Ah. He has took his 20 years of skill sets and distributed it with a click of a button. Yeah. With a product. And that's how he made tons of money selling, I think, 300 fish a day or something. Um... Uh, a kind of level. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you copy that model, you're going to have the same skill sets. And also the duration of being, having done that for so long, you know. I think you made a very good point. You know, a lot of people always assume that how come he can become so hot, so famous, 60,000 people watching live together and he himself was surprised. But I think you make a very right point where he's been a comedian for so many years. He's Akong level, you know. And uh, he's yeah, master to, level, grandmaster level. level. Yeah, so a lot of people forget that. And also because they ask, how can I be hosting shows so comfortably, speaking on air and having so much content? I literally have been on TV, radio for so many years, you know. It's just yeah. that I transferred everything online. And last year, I remembered, uh, because it just came onto my Facebook wall, one year ago when no one was creating content, I already know that my business model or myself in everything that we do is all in the content sphere. So we started producing content on all social media channels and it is quite challenging, but at the same time, you get better by doing it. Do you yeah. believe that you get better at everything the more you do something and the harder you work at it, you keep getting better at it? Um, yes and no. Lah. I got four step process. You do it first and then you fail and make mistake. But then after you fail mistake, you need to learn from the mistake and not make the same mistake and study your own mistake. And then only you can improve. So I think you just work very hard, but without reflecting or without being able to analyze what is it to improve. Uh. 
and, and then you're repeating the same thing. Example, many people do cold calling, right? In real life, many people do roadshow, many people do networking and things. And why they, why they still hire me to train them cold call? They've been cold calling for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Because I analyze the details, the words they say, the timing they say, and the questions they ask. So it's all about the execution. If you can analyze the execution, you are able to find how to improve things. It's like a basketball coach watching the, 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 the match that they just finished playing. Why would he do that? He, have, he was there already, man. Because he's trying to study. What did my guy do wrong? Ah, this bugger run here. You should not run here, man. Just not, you know, you should run there. So, okay, retrain you. So, it's the, that's the job of the coach. Because people cannot analyze themselves. Right? That's why all athletes have coach. If everybody can analyze themselves, we don't need coach, right? Because they already world class in doing whatever they are doing, whether play football, drive race car, or play badminton, or throw bowling ball. How many ways can you throw a bowling ball? Right? <laughs> the guy already strike 10 times already, right? Maybe one time you miss, you can't, you, you can't it, because the other guy, if strike 11 times, then boom, you win you. So it's the consistency in the execution and the constant pursuit of high level of excellence and training yourself non-stop so you don't make that mistake. Even world-class beginner player, you drop shot out, will also cannot tap one, you know. You smash also, will out one, you know. And these guys train six hours a day, you know. So we as salespeople or business people, we don't hone our skill sets. What Quality, uh, why, what that, why are we behaving like that when all the top players in athlete sports uh, train six hours a day to hone their skills? Uh. So we also have to do the same thing. Uh. Now, before I close off, it's been very, very fast. You know, when people are learning new oh, things. Yeah. New things. Yeah. There you go. Amazing, <laughs> right? And just wanted to ask, you know, so a lot of people are wondering, hey, Ernie, why in the world would you invite Hanzo to your show? Are you not like sharing your clients to him? Are you not afraid of losing clients to him? What do you say to these people who have this kind of limited, like they think the world of business is not of abundance, you know? They think of everything is limited. Why would we allow competitors or why would we want to work with competitors? What is your thought on that? I think we have to learn from the digital world, uh. The digital marketers, uh, I come and sell at your play, you come and sell at my play, then the other guys play, you go. So it's a, in, in IT world, they call it what? the ecosystem. But in traditional business, we are, no, stay out of my world, right? So I think this kind of business collaboration already exists. And right now, it's, it just gives us a chance to actually do it. So for me, why I do it is because, yes, abundance is great. And in crisis, you have to create collaboration. Um, and that's why we share crowds, just like the internet marketing world. How many guys can you sell to? These guys sell to this event and then you see some of these guys, the faces everywhere. One. Why is that? Because that guy is seafood, right? He's collaborating with everybody and selling the same thing. It's the same product. It's Facebook marketing. It's video marketing. It's SEO. It's, it's those kind of things, right? So I think I will say to these people is um, have a bigger heart and, and, and bigger uh, open mind, right? That if you want to feel uh, blessed, uh, do it with others. Even though competitors, but we are we are still in business to have that. Hey, let's uh, do this together. Let's survive this crisis together. Twenty twenty one. Let's fight again. <laughs> I I don't plan to fight with anyone la. I always believe the world has <laughs> plenty for everybody. The cake is big enough, you know. Bigger, bigger true. cake instead of uh, cutting the cake slices and trying to pinch every last bit of the cake. You know. That's so, why we are working together, la, Right. Some people's small mindset one uh, cannot. Uh. 
must have huge heart and huge mind to be able to allow everyone to come in and have a good time together. Uh, one last final word here. Wanted to ask, which is the three things that a business owner must do right now and the three things an individual working for a business must do right now if they're going to be able to survive past 2020. Because a lot of people have said goodbye 2020. Hello 2021. So in order for them to really say hello to 2021, what are three things that the business owner must do now, not tomorrow, now, and also individuals working in an organization? What must they do right now? That's a tough one. Condensing to three. So I will use the three that I always been talking about. Is first, you must have the social mindset. Start from zero mindset. Ask yourself, if I were to start this business at this kind of time, how would I behave? What would I do? What kind of people do I need? What skill set do they have? Because some people is in a traditional business, those skill sets are not that relevant. If the whole company don't know how to do social media, your staff force need to change also. <laughs> so I think number one is the social mindset. That's new startup mentality. Second thing is the business and sales and even marketing model. What is, like, if let's say you use, oh, I do a lot of exhibition, I do a lot of roadshow. Uh, those things is, is gone, at least for a while. You got to move that online. You can still do roadshow, but it's online roadshows. And that is the model, business model and sales model and marketing model. Thirdly, is the method. The way you sell has to change. Last time, people was like, maybe wait for sales, wait for order, wait for inquiries or sell on price. Now, this crisis requires salesperson or business owners to have very high level of skill. Don't sell on uh, price, but sell on competence. It's a skill set game. So if your skill is good, you can change the company into something different. You can take in new products fast. You can see some trend. Just like that day I was talking to a friend. He says, uh, he's this Chinese manufacturer actually was in uh, uh, bags manufacturing. Then everything to talk, he said, oh my God, you know what he did? In two months, the guy brought a new machine in to do a totally different business. He says, he's not going to wait for the things to change. His bag business is really uh, terrible. Man. So he bought something. I forgot what's the new business he did, but he bought a new machine so that he can do something different. Now, that is the speed of the Chinese entrepreneur. Malaysian one, wait and see later first, see how law, see government give me this or not, see whether my Panjana loan approved or not. If I get the loan, then I borrow law, then I buy law. So I think that's not the right mindset to have. So besides the social mindset, right, we need, we need to have the agility mindset. Fast! You know, just like the, 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 this challenge manufacturer, two months, bought new machine already, start doing new business, start to sell already. Rather than, oh my God, hopefully, let's change the, the back business. Let's look for different distribution channel to do the back business. Because you know, nobody's going to buy. So it's totally what's called transform. So I think three things are the mindset. Before I'm going to stop you there, Hanzo, I want to add value to one of the viewers over here. I'm not sure who this person is. His name is Satu Rahman. He's actually asking a question here. I think it's relevant to what you just explained. That's why perhaps uh -huh. you can give him some examples if you don't mind. He said, hi guys, need to know what is the best way to generate more sales in the automobile industry with the current market in digital marketing era. I know you did an interview show with one of the car leads, I think. I car, I car, yeah. Yeah, car so you can answer him on this and perhaps add some value to him here so you can help him out. Thanks. Uh, Setu, here's my thing. So iCar is my customer. iProperty also my customers. So they do classify as you know. 
So car industry, number one, how to use digital, right? Every day, click the button, start talking about your car. Talking about your work in the, uh, a day at work. It's like, oh, I'm going there, I'm going back to, I don't know what it's sell. Let's say it's a Honda, right? So it's like, oh, I'm going there. Hey, look, look, this is a Civic. Hey, did you know? Let me share with you one button that nobody pressed in Civic, but it actually exists. Start selling the car, but using digital. Car salesman, if you sit there and wait for a walk-in, that is all car sales because you're flooded with traffic, right? Uh, because HQ advertise and they come. Those kind of things all go away. You got to rely on yourself to bring the crowd in. With a click of a button, you are now the marketeer. Talk about every day. Just challenge yourself to do one post, uh, whether it's video or, or a photo or, or something and talk about your cars. I tell you one thing. I saw one car dealer. Every day, the guys do Facebook Live. 300 to 500 viewers because he's been doing it for the last two, three years. Huh? Every single day. Now, he's a lot of but that's his style. Huh? But he sells cars. He is funny. That is a key strength to have. <laughs> he's hilarious. He, he wears the same hairstyle as Wang Lei because he says, this is the God, man. 10,000 viewers, those kind of things. And 6,000 people, I think, at one point. I think the world record or something. Huh? So I think, now you see, this is a car dealer, second-hand car. And all his guys play along. Like, got storyline, you know? he got content marketing, you know? sometimes do funny things, sometimes uh, bring a landlord here to talk about the car. Sometimes he got, got some, some uh, you know, lying on the sofa there and thinking like, shit, I got no money, how to buy a car. So he got storyline. He's in a digital marketing content game. So if you are a sales guy and you are a branch manager, Look for these guys to emulate. It's like, hey, they're doing very well, man. Because they are creating traction. People come and see. People share the stuff. People like to buy from him because this guy is different. A car is a car. Like, for example, you sell BMW. You got Quill, you got Auto Bavara, you got so many brands. Why should you go to that dealer and buy from that sales guy? It's the same car. All come from BMW Malaysia one. Cannot cut price or more one because BMW Mercedes all same price one. No special thing for you. Maybe one extra service. Right? It's the same thing. So what do you sell? So if you are the branded sales guy that's able to put yourself up into the digital world, everybody will flood and buy that kind of car. Isn't you're a Perodua sales guy? Then make sure you're the most famous Perodua sales guy that you can be. Lah. And nobody can stop you. Now, you may think that, hey, cannot allow company policy, everything. Ah, that one is your challenge. Lah, huh? But let's say it's, hey, okay, everybody allowed to do marketing. Because some companies disallow them to post anything except go through PR, corporate or com. Now, I understand. Now, that one you have to talk to your boss and see how to maneuver around it. But let's say you can get past that. The sky is the limit. Internet has no barriers. You can have tons of followers. Who knows? You could one day become the car dealer yourself. Great. I hope that added some value to Setu Rahman. Thanks for your question. And Anzo definitely answer your question for you. Great. Excellent. I think the time is up over here, Anzo. We will take on the things that the individuals can do the next time around. Thank you very much for the past hour over here on the Ernie Chan show. And of course, we're going to have many, many more shows. I think it can add a lot of value to people. I, I don't know about you, but I felt that during this MCO period, is first and foremost, it's important for us to survive to generate sales and revenue. But I think by helping a lot of people who have questions, you know, when we do shows like this, 
It's about the individuals who really need our help and advisors that we can actually add a bit value. And of course, they can definitely be referring. So for anyone out here who's watching, if you want to be able to get in touch with Hanzo, please do tag Hanzo in Sales Ninja. You can find him on Facebook and I believe his social media. Is that where we find you, Hanzo? Is there a way we can, can I, find you? Can I, can I offer my workshop preview? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No problem. Go ahead. Okay. So thanks, uh, Ernie. For, I have just pasted a link into the comment box, salesninjaexperience.com slash online community. So you're interested to see what my workshop has to offer. We actually do a preview via Zoom. And you can come in and check out my 20 unconventional sales strategies that I've compiled over MCO by coaching 400 different businesses. So sign up and you can have multiple sessions uh, that you can choose from. Hanzo, um, Satu Rahman appreciates very much so. He states it. Thank you guys for the excellent answer. So you see, appreciation there. I think uh, Satu Rahman, if you feel that Hanzo can actually help you out more, do check out his link over there. And anyone else, else out here also, a lot of thank you, thank yous over here. I think it's greatly appreciated. A lot of times people don't realize simple live chats like this on all the different areas of expertise. I used to do sales training. I help a lot of people market sales and things like that. But I, I always feel that if you can find someone who can help you and you can add value to someone else, you should always do so. And if we can help you out there, do let us know. If Hanzo can help you out, do let him know, you know. The world and the cake is a lot bigger. If the cake is not big enough, bake more cakes and make a much bigger cake. That's the yep. kind of mindset we should all be having. And I'm glad that uh, I have this uh, time here to speak with Hanzo. And of course, on the Any Chance Show, as usual, we bring in the movers and shakers. Hanzo is a good guy, everybody. Sometimes people may think this guy is just another uh, training trainer guy, you know. No, he's not. He's a really, really cool guy. Anyone loves his own kid a lot. I, I love his kid too. And... Uh, He's definitely a good father and a good trainer. So do check Hanzo Eng out, not just for sales, but for anything else that you feel that he can actually add value to your organization or your team and also yourself. So ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you very much, Hanzo Eng, for coming on the Early Chance Show. Thank you, Aaron, for watching once again for this past one hour over here. And we will see you again next week with another mover and shaker of the industry on the Early Chance Show. So see you until next week. Thank you very much, Hanzo, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. Thanks, Ernie. Thank you for watching and listening to the Ernie Chan Show. Don't forget to like and follow my FB page every single day. And of course, stay tuned every Thursday at 12.30pm where I'll be watching you live.